You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh. Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like that. Players, coaches, insiders. Let's go. And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy Duddies. Now, swag. Here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Horsin' Around Post Cut Edition. I'm Andrew Mason. This is Ryan Edwards. We're here at the UC Health Training Center. John Elway and Vance Joseph have discussed the cuts. You've seen the list. Let's get into them, Ryan. What's the first one that jumps out? Well, I mean, there's no question about it right now. The uh, the thing that everybody's talking about on Twitter right is about Paxton Lynch and what that roster spot represents. I and mean, we spent a lot of time over the course of Orange and Blue uh, up and down all the shows discussing really what it means if you keep Paxton Lynch, that roster spot, what position you could keep. Guys like Jeff Holland, guys like D'Angelo Henderson. We went through and, and kind of w- decided, you know, hey, look, if you keep Paxton Lynch, you're going to have to say goodbye to some of these guys. But if, for, if you decide that uh, you're going to move on and you only go with two quarterbacks, that allots you the opportunity. In the end, the Broncos decided because of the value of a quarterback position, especially with the inexperience of Chad Kelly, something we covered quite a bit, they ultimately decided that's the reason why they went ahead and held on to him for now. Yeah, it's interesting to hear John Elway talk about how they looked at some veteran quarterbacks. And the response they got was, uh, not right now. So I think those veteran quarterbacks are kind of playing the wait-and-see game to see uh, what the best opportunity is, You know, whether that's, say, a Matt Moore or someone else on the market. That's uh, not a detail that uh, John Elway got into, but certainly it shows that those veteran quarterbacks who are out there, they kind of know they're holding the cards. And so with that possibility not there, Broncos decided to ride with Paxton Lynch as the number three, knowing that, okay, at least he knows the system. Well, that's what it, that's what it screamed to me, especially once uh, John Elway admitted that they'd actually reached out to some veteran quarterbacks. Uh, we, we discussed it in, in this framework as well, Mace, the, the notion that you're going to be adding a quarterback this late in the process. How much do they actually give value to your team? I mean, you brought it up perfectly, I thought, when we did our last 53-man roster, right? I mean, you said, look – I'm going to go with two quarterbacks because there's nobody you're bringing in right now that appreciably makes them better. And I think they came to the same conclusion. And so then it became a decision, well, then do we hold on to a guy that's going to basically be scout team and we continue? It it costs less to keep him than to cut him. Yes. At least right now. Certainly. and More decisions could come, but yes, right now. And the waiver wire is out there. The Broncos have the number five claim coming up on Sunday. Elway indicated that, you know, they may – take a look at who's out there, but also said there were some tough cuts. Mm-hmm. Felt like he was pretty good about where the, the roster stood because of some of the guys they had to let go. So let's talk about some of the guys that did get let go that uh, uh, raised some eyebrows. Jeff Holland, first. Boy, that one was one of the toughest for me. When we did our 53-man this last time, I, I had him on. I had Jeff Holland on, and I, I think I, I, mean, I understood the reasoning for it 
I, th- I think really in the end, six inside linebackers kind of threw everything off. I don't John think- Elway has never kept six inside linebackers since the Broncos went to a 3-4 yeah. alignment. Certainly didn't keep six middle linebackers when they were in the 4-3. Right. So, so for me, the six inside linebackers kind of threw everything into a tailspin of what I expected on this roster. Look, we had five corners. We had five safeties. We discussed what the running back room, the wide receivers. We had five wide receivers. We had three tight ends. We all had those numbers, nine offensive linemen. We had a lot of these right but the thing we didn't have is six inside linebackers. So that made it so guys like Jeff Holland couldn't make this roster. If you're keeping six inside linebackers, you can't go with five outside guys. Your eyebrows raised, so did Steve's when I kept five Yes, on my 53-man mock. It did, yeah. I mean, and now you kept uh, Zaire. Yes, I did. If I remember, yeah. So you kept Zaire, and that made ultimately a lot of sense. I mean, when we did our bragging rights mock, I had, I had Zaire having a big game, and he did have a good game. He, You know, he had... Once again, as he tends to do, plays pretty consistently throughout the course of the preseason. But it looks like he's not on this roster because the Broncos added Alexander Johnson. Yes. And that Alexander Johnson showed enough. Enough of a spark. Enough of a big playability to rationalize the Broncos giving him a spot. Even though right now, John Elway kind of implied, hey, Johnson's probably not at Zaire Anderson's level at this point. But having been absent from football for three and a half years, they want to see where he goes. But with Jeff Holland, that's the one. I know a lot of people are talking about D'Angelo Henderson, and I, and I get it. But that's the one that I think you don't really want to regret the most. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like that guy, uh, you know, double-digit sack guy in college, uh, had, had a great offseason. I wouldn't say he always showed up in every single preseason game, but he definitely showed up when he needed to. And he, he had the sack. He had the fumble recovery. You know, I don't know where he was at in the process of the 53, but that's the one that I felt like if they let him go, Broncos fans, uh, as well as the front office, will eventually regret that one. Yeah, and maybe he gets through. Uh, There have been other SEC pass rushing studs who were late rounders or undrafted free agents who did make it through. Michael Sam Mm, did make it through waivers. So just because he has that SEC pedigree in a double-digit sack season in the SEC, it doesn't mean there's a guarantee but we didn't even that think someone he, gets claimed. We thought he got drafted. We thought he would get drafted, yes. Yeah, we, we, mm. when we, we saw him get claimed by It the was Broncos. a stunner that he didn't get drafted. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We went back through our notes. But maybe there was a reason he didn't get drafted. And teams may look at that and they may say, well, you know, we like him, but we like the possibility of picking up another guy on waivers. We like the possibility of the guys that we have. So maybe at this time tomorrow you are talking about Jeff Holland being available. But that being said, I don't think it's likely. Ian Henson uh, chiming in on our uh, Facebook Live uh, saying Dave Williams was great in pass pro. Uh, He'll hopefully come back to practice squad. I actually think they have a great chance of getting DFW back (laughs) on practice squad. Yeah. Uh, As, uh, you know, again, seventh round running back, had a couple of nice moments, at least in that fourth preseason game, but wasn't – there were, there was no monster two touchdown breakaway thirty five yard touch. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have any of those kinds. There of wasn't moments. an exclamation point. Yeah. When you're yeah. looking at that type of game, you're saying, okay, who is the guy that screams? I have to be on this team. You recall Jordan Taylor a couple yes. of years ago going out there in the Absolutely. preseason finale and basically saying, okay, I dare you to cut me with that sort of performance. Dave Williams, D'Angelo Henderson, while both I thought played well. Neither of them played to the point where you said, okay, you have to keep this guy or else. 
and I think that's why neither of them are on the 53 right now. What did you think about the decision with three running backs, one fullback? They're, they're all going to be game day active. So I will say that the, the thing with the running backs, as I know a lot of people are frustrated about D'Angelo Henderson, I, I get it, but on game day – you typically only go with three active. Now, Jano will be active because he's a fullback, because he's a core teamer. But what did you think about that decision? I actually wasn't terribly surprised, even though I had four running backs on my 53. If you look at the last few years of Broncos rosters under John Elway, four running backs in 2017, in 2016, three, in 2015, three, 2014, four, 2013, four, and C.J. Anderson was hurt going into the season, but he counted as one of the four, 2012-4, four, 2011-4. So they had four backs for a while. They've gone with three most of the last few years. So in that regard, not too much of an upset. Okay. You know, a question comes up here on Facebook Live that I think is kind of interesting. Of course, we now know about McKinnon with the 49ers, with the ACL tear. Really, really tough thing happened in practice today. Uh, bringing up the notion of maybe Devontae Booker in possible trade. And we talked about possible trades. Now, you mentioned Henderson, may, and, and maybe there's somebody else out on waivers. Alfred Morris is one guy that they've already added. So maybe they're, they're thinking we'll just add somebody behind them. But Devontae Booker, as the Broncos keep selling him as a starting running back, and, and then you know what they'll want to do, just like with Jarek McKinnon, they're going to want to go up-tempo. And that I kind of like the notion of Devontae Booker in that offense. What do you think? It would make some sense. Wouldn't it? Yeah, but he also makes some sense in this offense, too. Okay. I know a lot of people are down on Devontae Booker, but he's probably the best pass protector in that room. And the most experienced. And the most experienced. I think those two factors are why Devontae Booker's on the 53 right now. You see, and that's what I want to make sure people understand. It wasn't an either-or. It wasn't like Henderson or Booker, and that's where it, it, it was never that consideration within the Broncos of, boy, if we keep Henderson, that means Booker's got to go. It was never like that. I know for fans, maybe it's a simple math. but It's more like Henderson or a sixth inside linebacker. Bingo. And Bingo. Let's go back to Thursday night. Remember, D'Angelo Henderson uh, had an illegal block penalty on a punt return in the mm -hmm. third quarter it was called on joe jones the official announced 43 joe jones wasn't on the field yes d'angelo henderson was that's who, and if you watch the flag thrown the flag is thrown right at d'angelo something like that you're looking for differences why are you on the 53 why you're not that could be something to look at joe jones they know he's a good special teamer. He played well on special teams. He's there, D'Angelo Henderson. What's his role? Does he have a special teams role that rationalizes not just a role in the 53, but the game day 46? Let's get to Isaiah McKenzie for a moment. Speaking of special teams. Yes, yeah, speaking of special teams. And we do have a lot of questions coming on Facebook Live. We'll get to a lot of these here in just a second. But uh, special teams, Isaiah McKenzie. He might come back now. He might and now. What, but the Bronco fan now, don't turn us off here. <laughs> don't freak out. Uh, he might. He might come back. And and actually, I think that that would be a good thing when you look at the bloodletting of the 2017 Broncos draft. It feels to me like he might be the guy that you'd consider bringing back of that group. Maybe maybe Brendan Langley too. McKenzie. It's clear from what Vance Joseph said that there is still some belief in Isaiah McKenzie's potential. The question now is, is there belief elsewhere? Because if there's belief elsewhere, the practice squad sails away, at least in Denver, for Isaiah McKenzie. But if there's not enough belief elsewhere for someone to claim him, then it wouldn't surprise me if he's back. It would make a lot of sense to bring him back. He's got that speed. 
and I got to imagine that more than just the Broncos know about it. Did you notice really quick here in the press conferences with John Elway and Vance Joseph, they were a little guarded and careful about saying too much about any one player Mm -hmm. that's not here because I think there's a belief that some of these guys are coming back. So when asked direct questions of why this guy over this guy, and, you know, of course, John had a moment where he even said, you know, hey, it's it's tough. This is a tough day for everybody. But in the end, when I listened to those press conferences, and now this is like my ninth year listening to them uh, for the Broncos – you get a sense of they, they're just real, they don't want to tell you too much about these guys because in the end, they're kind of hoping to come back. Even a guy like Clint McDonald, we may yeah. not have seen the last of him. Now, yes. with Clint McDonald, the thing you have to consider, of course, is the fact that he is a vested veteran. So if he's on your roster in week one, you're on the hook for the salary the entire year. But if you don't have him on your roster week one, then bring him in week two. You're just going kind of week to week with him. It would not surprise me if something breaks on the defensive line, if there's an injury there that Clint McDonald is back with the Broncos at some point. Of course, there might be some interest in him on the open market, even with the shoulder issues that he's had to deal with. The other thing, defensive line, as John Elway said, uh, they're going to dress five, five. guys, yep. not six. Very telling. And mention that Demarcus Walker was the sixth, so maybe Demarcus Walker is back in that range where he's not getting a jersey. And while he's made some good progress so far, if he's not on the field, I don't think he's going to be able to build on that. Well, and then again, that comes back to that 2017 draft, does it? Mm-hmm. If he is a game day, healthy scratch, mm-hmm. you're, you're dressing Bowles, you're dressing Chad Kelly. And Jake Butt. And Jake Butt. Now, Bowles is a starter at a key position, left tackle. Jake Butt, I think you regard him as tight end two, but maybe tight end one in the red zone, depending on how they use him. Is he more of a red zone target? And they use like Jeff Hireman kind of as an every down type guy, more of a blocker. So you potentially have two of last year's draft class in prominent roles. And then Chad Kelly, I mean, you're just hoping he doesn't have to go out there. Tight ends for just a moment, the decision to keep Lacoste. Ahead of trailer more so than Parker. We thought we, we kind of ticketed Parker for a practice squad. Lacoste role. outplayed trailer. He did. He was, and he was on my 53. Yes. That's why. You know I bring it up. Yes, I knew you would. Lacoste <laughs> outplayed right. tail, trailer over the course of the preseason. I think the last game, maybe he's the one that earned the spot in the last mm-hmm. game. I, I don't know that many guys earned a spot one way or another in the finale, but I think. Lacoste did, you heard, building off what he had done at that uh-huh. point. You heard Vance Joseph. He's all, all three phases. And then he, the touchdown catch really was a lot of, on him with the catch, with his hands, yes. as he's going out of the back of the end zone. Uh, a lot of questions coming here on Paxton Lynch. Let's get to one of these here. Ian Henson, uh, again, our, our friend from Mile High Report, chiming in. Whose roster spot ultimately did Paxton Lynch take? We'll never know. I know they're not. This isn't like the NCAA tournament where they tell you who the first team out was, and you can figure out. Well, oh, the sixth seed that won uh, mid-major conference took Syracuse's spot or something like that. We don't know. Tell me a spot that was speculative. Maybe a Clinton McDonald, although they did say they only dressed five, so maybe that that wasn't one. Maybe a running back. Maybe I kind of felt like they were pretty settled on that. That's what I'm trying to say. If we speculate on who it is, I don't know. Off the top of my head. see this For all we know, it was a sixth corner. For all we know, it was a sixth corner. We really don't know. But the thing about it is, is we speculated they might go three quarterbacks anyways. And so if they were always of the mindset that they were never not going three quarterbacks, because look, John always said he, he talked to some vets. Not a lot of interest. And, and we'll take that for what it is at face value for now. So if, that, if that's the case, right, then you just say they were always going three quarterbacks. And any debate otherwise was false. 
And so that that's it. And once you once you realize that it actually was never taking somebody's spot, then you just realize they had already already earmarked a third quarterback spot. They kind of hoped that Paxton would be the two and Chad would be the three. That was really the goal mm-hmm. all along. That didn't happen, but that didn't necessarily mean Paxton was off the roster. When we thought, well, gosh, you know, you have this first round pick that you're paying all this money to. Why would you do that? Put him on the third spot. But again, come back to the money. You're paying him less to keep him than to cut him. Put it this way, I don't think he took an offensive lineman spot because no. they have kept nine offensive linemen on the 53 every year since Elway's been here. Same number. Same number. Wilkinson gets the call over Kwangjo. I think that was a versatility nod. It was. More than anything else, Wilkins, Elijah Wilkinson was playing left tackle, right guard, right tackle over the last couple of weeks. All of those backups can play multiple positions. Sam Jones can play at least three spots. Billy Turner's both right side spots, guard and tackle. Max Garcia's every interior spot. All those guys, two to three positions at minimum. And that's why they're there, of course. Looking at that, not keeping Kwangjo mm-hmm. a left tackle, something we've talked about. If something happens to Garrett Bowles, if he is injured, based on the offensive lineman they have, I think the most logical switch that happens is if Bowles gets injured, Jared Veldier goes to left tackle, and then Billy Turner goes to right tackle. I think no matter what happens, if one of the tackles goes down, Billy Turner is the guy that goes in. But I feel like we had the offensive line more or less nailed down. It was really the difference between Wilkinson and Quanjo. We, we more or less had everybody else. And it was because of that versatility, not only beyond the starters. And upside. And, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, are you as optimistic? I know that we spent a ton of time on the offensive line in the offseason, especially because Steve Atwater wasn't as excited about it. But, <laughs> but as we sit here today, and we'll have a chance to talk to Steve on Tuesday, but as we sit here today, do we feel as though the offensive line's in pretty good shape? It's in pretty good shape. I think you can argue it's the most improved unit on the roster, which says a lot. And, and probably quarterback is right there with it too, but the O-line looks a lot better than it did last year. I'm also going to say running back's improved. I'm, I'm, I am optimistic. I'm, st- I'm going to go show me. Okay. Because let's not forget, you had a 1,000-yarder there last year. You did. In C.J. Anderson. Yeah. So you do have a, a good amount of production that you have to replace. But you didn't have Philip Lindsay. You didn't have You that. have more explosiveness. Yes. You hoped that Jamal Charles would be that, but Jamal Charles was coming uh, yes. toward the end, whereas Philip Lindsay is just at the beginning. He's much more spry, I think, certainly a lot in him, a lot that he mm-hmm. can do going forward. Okay, I can see your logic. Yeah. I still want to see the group in all action. Right, all right. I'm going to say right now, push. Okay, but I guess I'll, I'll, I'll one more frame on it, and then I want to ask you about the other position groups. The only other way I'll frame it is we came into this year talking about the youth and yes. about how young they are. They have gone beyond my expectations as what I thought they'd be this this far along in the season. Now, we're through preseason, through training camp. I'm just saying the way that Royce Freeman wins is mm-hmm. not something that we saw. Well, you heard them talking about him like yeah. Kareem Hunt. Yes. Having that same kind of year. They said that at the press conference. I mean, that's yeah. a bold statement. It is but a bold statement. At the same time, would it surprise me if Royce Freeman is the breakout runner beyond Saquon Barkley of this rookie class? No, not at all. No. Okay, optimism about the tight end. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. I do wonder how the playing time is going to be divided between those top two guys. Hireman is listed as the one, but they've kind of treated them as one and one A. Neither of them played in the Thursday finale of the preseason, so... 
I want to see how the playing time breaks down. I want to see if they use Jake Budd as much in the red zone as I hope they will. I think that's an opportunity for him to really make a difference and have an impact right away. But it should be better than it was last year. I'm push right now. That's more show me than the running back. Okay. I'm I'm not as optimistic about the tight ends. Mm-hmm. I have not seen enough to make me feel any different than I was going into the training camp. I'll tell you this. I do think we'll see fewer two tight yeah. end formations yeah. and more three wide formation. With one tight? Or even four wide. Or even four wide. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> okay. I'll say this. And I think the tight ends are going to be better than they were last year. But I'll add this thought. Wide receiver, I think, is much better than it was last year. I And agree. if you're talking about getting your best guys on the field, your best formation, is it three wide, one tight end, mm-hmm. or four wide from time to time? I think it's something to think about. I, you can't go four wide as a base formation. We saw that with the running shoot back in the 90s. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work, yeah. but might we see more shoot. four wide looks? And certainly might we see more, say, more three wide looks than two tight end looks? I think so. What I think is cool about all that is the, the options yes. that Bill Musgrave has. Because we've seen sometimes where Deshaun Hamilton is actually the third wide end. Mm-hmm. That he comes in uh, before Cortland Sutton, and sometimes people are like, well, why is that the case? It's matchups in this case. It's matchups. Uh, just a couple more here. So we obviously agree on optimism about wide receivers, but definitely higher. Uh, optimism on D-line. It's the same as it was last year. Pretty yeah, much the same group. It's a very good group. I think probably I feel better now than I did at the start of last year because Shelby Harris, he was an improving commodity going into the season. Mm-hmm. Zach Kerr, you're still wondering how he was going to fit. I feel like this group of six is one of the better – D-line groups in the league. You can argue that uh, even though it lacks a singular star, I mean, Derek Wolf is a really good player. It lacks that kind of pro bowl, all pro type of guy, but one to six, it's as good as any group in the league. That's how I feel about it. And I mean, I'll, I'll lean slightly more optimistic based on health. Remember yeah. last year, out of coming out of training camp of preseason, Jared Crick was hurt, Derek Wolf was hurt. They they had injuries up and down. And you didn't really know about Adam Gotsis. And you didn't know about Adam Gotsis. But all of those guys are playing well right now as a group. And again, when you can say we're going to say goodbye to Clinton McDonald because we're deep enough. Mm-hmm. And by the way, also Demarcus Walker has had a good preseason and he may not get a jersey and he may not even get a jersey so i'm i'm gonna lean more i wonder if it'll be it. situational if they say okay yeah. this game maybe we will go with uh, zach curb maybe the next game we're gonna expect a more a little more pass rush we're gonna go with demarcus walker which then makes me think okay what do you do against seattle which has russell mm. wilson but need a little more speed there yeah maybe demarcus walker is a guy that you have in i like that linebackers inside backers i'm uh, i'm more optimistic definitely Josie jewel that's the guy. Ahead. That's why I'm more optimistic. Yeah, Josie Jules further ahead than I expected. And after they drafted him, I went back, watched quite a bit. We've talked about it. When, when it was drafted, we were like, okay, there's other inside linebackers I liked a little bit more, but okay, let me go watch him. And he's been, he's been tremendous. He, he, you, you said it perfectly on Twitter on Thursday night. He was the, one of the best players on the field, if not the best. Outside linebackers. Uh, now you have Bradley Chubb in Yeah, and, and Bradley Chubb's going to take some time. I'm... I'm okay. It's going to take some time, but it's going to be starting. Yeah, okay. I, I'm ahead because cause Bradley Chubb. I'm, I'm, look, I wanted Holland. I, I'm, I know. I'm, I know. It's going to take me a day on that one. Me too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a day because I wanted Jeff Holland. But I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm leaning a little more optimistic. You? More optimistic. Bradley Chubb in there. Now, of course, 
Shane Ray, he still is dealing with the wrist thing that he had in the offseason. He didn't have surgery for it, but he is playing, and he is yeah. reasonably healthy. And I think Shaq Barrett's looked really good. He looked really, really good. So Shaq Barrett looks like a starter, Safety. even though he's a backup. Safety, I feel more optimistic because Sua Cravens at least got out there and yep. played. That's the right answer. And yep. I think Diamante Thomas could be, pardon a little bit of a pun, a diamond in the rough. Nice. That with a DY? Found. Yeah. With a DY? Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the right. writing thing never turns off people. Right. Two more here. Cornerback? Less. Yeah. You don't have a key to leave. Have to. In fact, when I was talking with Mike Rice on Orange and Blue 760 right after the press conferences, he asked me about the depth, and I said, okay, well, you got to take it position by position. At some spots, they're deeper. At, say, cornerback, you can't say they're deeper because you had to move everybody up a line with a keep to leap traded to the Rams and Tremaine Brock. You're still kind of figuring out what he is. And Adam Jones, it's good to have him in there, but yeah. we've seen him for all of, I believe, nine plays yeah. on defense in the preseason finale. So it's still a little bit of wait and see. We know he's the punt returner. Beyond that, how much he plays, again, as Steve would say, we'll see. So, And I don't know how anyone could look at the cornerback position and say, more optimistic or better without a keep to leave. You just can't, can't replace that. Can do it. And as soon as you get uh, any one of those starters nicked up, look out. And we've already seen injuries yep. kind of come through the cornerback room. Jermaine Brock was out for a while. Chris Harris Jr. missed a little bit of time, although he's good to go. You just hope that the hamstring does not flare up on Tremaine Brock again. If it does, that's where you're going to have some problems. And finally, special teams, I think much more optimistic, even Agreed. without Isaiah McKenzie. I feel good about what Tom McMahon has done. 100%. Brandon McManus has had a very good summer. His only miss on place kicks in preseason was from 58 yards Thursday night. Mm -hmm. uh, Marquette King, I think he was trying some things Yeah. in preseason. It wasn't great. I mean, it was fine. I did a little bit of a deep dive into his numbers today. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't where he wanted to be. I think he'll be up to his usual self in week. No, okay. because he had more under his punts. And I think, don't remember, with Andy Lee Thursday night for the Cardinals, if you don't have a couple of penalties that don't necessarily affect the return, Who you're returns. talking about yeah. Marquette King having a much better net than Andy Lee did. Yep. So Lee was, was helped out by the penalties. I'm glad you brought up Tom McMahon, because that, that for me is, is one of the major upgrades. You upgraded a punter. I think Marquette King, Brendan McManus will be, will be back and be good. But the in the end... You have a better coordinator there, a more experienced coordinator. And look, I'm going to say right now, I, I think that they could get back into top 10 kind of standings like the Colts were last mm -hmm. year with Tom McMahon at the lead. I, I, I think the talent is all there. Fascinating to see what happens. But that's the area, I think, that improved the most on the team. And that's including quarterback. Awesome. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. I think we've wrapped it up. The practice squad will be out on Sunday. Check denverbroncos.com for that when it's announced. Probably be a, a late Sunday morning, early Sunday afternoon as they, as they get that together. Broncos back practicing Monday at the UC Health Training Center. Start getting ready for finally a regular season game. The Seattle Seahawks Excited. will be here in just a week. Russell Wilson and company. This is Russell Wilson's first regular season game in Denver. That's right. Wow, I never even thought, because I remember him in preseason. The preseason of 2012 where he yes. basically took the starting job by the throat. That yeah. was in Denver when he came in the second half. And even though it was against backups, you knew they have to play this guy. 
and now he it's comes gonna back. It's going to be it's going to be a good game. I mean, uh, the Seahawks have definitely had their uh, interesting setbacks. Doug Baldwin's probably going to end up playing. They've they moved on from a lot of players, but whew, that's a game that uh, you could make a bit of bit of a statement mm-hmm. if you can win it. And I think the Broncos need to get out to a fast start. I've talked about how they think they need to be four and one in those first five, and getting to four and one, I think. You've got to win the home game starting with Seattle next Sunday. We'll have plenty of chatter about that all week here on DenverBroncos.com and the Broncos Audio Zone, of course, on Orange and Blue 760. Ryan and I will be back with you Tuesday, 10 to 1, with Steve Atwater starting to break it all down. Finally, the regular season. We are pumped. Can't wait. You got to do that in the Bart Scott voice. Can't wait. There you go. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. We'll talk to you next time. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.